Welcome to the Red Pill Plus Podcast. And we're now doing News Plus Sports. There's no orange man bad, war good, uniparty mantra here. Red Pill Plus. Red Pill Plus. Sports Plus News. Done right. Got a great show lined up for you tonight, talking about the CFB playoff. Pretty good game for most of the time. All right, all right. So thankful that you joined us on this Monday evening into Tuesday morning uh, on January the 8th, now evolving into January the 9th, the year of our Lord, 2024. So thankful that you joined us here on the Red Pill Plus podcast, where we do sports and news, and we do it right, or at least to the right. And so um, I want to talk quite a bit about the uh, the CFB playoff and uh, what went down there. Uh, some kind of spinoff uh, things that will be a result of uh, Michigan's victory tonight, I think, will be fascinating to look at as we move forward. Uh, also, uh, just a little heads up, uh, some of you that follow Cat Turd on, uh, and that's not a use, word I use very much, but I happen to follow him. He's a great follow on Twitter. And I'm at, or on X, and I'm actually trying to get him on the show. Uh, so uh, shout out to Cat Dur- Turd. Uh, that's uh, on X, Cat Turd Two, the number two, and tell him you'd like to hear him on the Red Pill Plus podcast. But anyway, he's going to be. Uh, he recorded a segment with Tucker Carlson tonight, so he's hit the big time. So I think that's pretty phenomenal, and I think it's really awesome of Tucker to. Uh, to feature people like this who are up-and-comers or not establishment types in the media. So uh, don't forget about on the, uh, not just the Red Pill Plus podcast, but we also have the Medicare Funcast with uh, Brian Coolis. Uh, and this is a this is a part of the Doc Washburn Podcast Network. And then we have the Doc Washburn Show, which is really our flagship show. And we would love to have you check out both of those shows uh, that is the uh, Dot Washburn Show, and you can catch that. Uh, he does video and does uh, audio, and you catch that anywhere podcast. You get your podcast as well as the Medicare Funcast, where you can learn about uh, Medicare and all the ins and, ins and outs of it from specialists and former longtime radio personality, Brian Coolis, does a great job. But he also intertwines with the Medicare Funcast a lot of... Uh, entertainment, uh, pop culture, news, music, uh, just a, he and Doc both are roving uh, encyclopedias. Uh, they're pretty amazing. Um, and so anyway, just want to kind of touch base. I, I want to say first, I know that uh, Blake Corum was the offensive player of the, uh, of the night for Michigan. And then uh, 
Johnson, I believe, I can't think of his first name, my apologies, uh, number two, the defensive back or safety for maybe cornerback for Michigan was the defensive player of the year, uh, uh, night rather. But I think hands down the uh, the uh, defensive end, defensive lineman for number 55, Mason Graham, was for Michigan. He wreaked havoc the whole night. And uh, so uh, kudos to Michigan. I really, they were much better than I thought they were. Their defense uh, had had off to Jesse Minter, the defensive coordinator. Sharon Brown uh, also called a great game as an fo- offensive coordinator, and uh, they weren't nearly as good. And I think they could have been really effective uh, with tight end. Uh, the one time they went to the tight end, maybe maybe a couple more times, but the one time I remember they gained like 30, 35 yards. Uh, and so it was a it was a very good entertaining game. Really, the score. If those of you that didn't watch it, the score was not indicative of uh, of, of the game. The game was much closer. Uh, although Michigan pretty well dominated the first half, I felt like Washington the third quarter and the first part of the fourth quarter really uh, outplayed Michigan and just could not. Uh, Penix was just not uh, very sharp at all. Uh, so that leads me to because uh, you watch the game, so you can, and then you got all these others that you can get their opining about or in opinions about uh, the game itself. But I, I love the uh, players, the coaches, the the moves afterwards, what happens next, and you know Michigan hasn't won a uh, championship, an undisputed championship, actually since the '40s, but they they won a half of a championship. Uh, they split it with maybe Nebraska. Uh, I'll, I'll check that here in a minute. I don't think it was Nebraska, but they split it with somebody uh, in 1996. And uh, so that's the closest they've come to a championship. So hats off to Jim Harbaugh. Uh, it was really cool to see he, uh, his, his brother John there flew in uh, for the game. His mom and dad, who are quite elderly, they were there. So I thought that was very very cool. Uh, he, you know, John uh, Jim Harbaugh is a he's a different sort. He's a, kind of a odd duck, but hats off to him. He's done a great job. Uh, missed half of the year. Actually, was suspended for uh, three games, two different times. So a total of six games for uh, cheating uh, and for recruiting violations uh, during the season, which is unprecedented. Um, and and won anyway, you know, won the championship anyway. So you know, hats off to Michigan. Hats off to Michigan, uh, the Wolverine Nation, and uh, they've got a long-awaited and uh, much uh, anticipated championship. Uh, I wanted to talk about. Uh, let me save Jim Harbaugh because I, I think he, I, I think his situation next to me is the most amazing. Let's let's get one thing out of the way, and that is Michael Penix. Michael Penix. Uh, you know, a lot of people have said, well, you know, he should have won the Heisman instead of Jaden Daniels. Well, I think we can put that to rest. And what we found tonight, Michael Penix has a great arm. Uh, he he can throw, but uh, he's he's really, really uh, not nearly as good. And no one is, quite honestly, but he's not that mobile. And, of course, he's had some major knee surgeries and all. But I think tonight's game, probably the biggest loser other than Washington, 
uh, in this game is Michael Penix. I believe Michael Penix may drop. I mean, he may drop from uh, number three or, you know, in the top three to five uh, in the draft to maybe the second round. I mean, he just did not look good at all. There's a lot of concern about his health, uh, his knees. He had major knee surgery when he was at Indiana. <clears throat> and uh, he, he was off all night. He did have a rib injury. That could have been, you know, some of it uh, for sure. But, uh, you know, he was super sharp against, against uh, Texas. And uh, my boys, uh, we weren't watching the game together. I was at home and they were watching it, uh, the, you know, at, at their houses. And they were texting me and saying, hey, man, why couldn't you play like this against Texas? Because they're from Texas and born there. Or two of the three are, but they're all three uh, Texas fans, so they were brokenhearted when Texas beat, or Washington beat Texas, and Penix was just flawless practically in that game. But tonight, man, he was, you know, even on wide open, uh, wide open, uh, you know, receivers, he was, he was missing them, and especially missing them high, missing them on the wrong side. Uh, so, yeah, I think it was definitely, no doubt, it was Mason Graham and that, uh, Michigan defensive line that affected him, but I, I wonder if he's, you know, uh, I wonder if he's the quarterback that uh, as advertised. And uh, it'd be fascinating to see what NFL scouts, uh, if that's a one-off, they say, oh, you know, that's no problem. Of course, they'll work him out and see how he does. Um, but uh, it seemed like he was very confused. Didn't read uh, a lot well, was very immobile, uh, and, and did run a couple of times, but overall. So I, I, I really think uh, you'll see, and, and I still don't get the Drake May thing. I, I think Drake May, you know, he's a big guy. He can throw the ball, uh, has some accuracy issues, uh, but I, I, I still think Jay Daniels, and I know he's super light, He's not built like a prototypical NFL quarterback. Uh, you know, even Lamar Jackson, who's, you know, tall and slim, uh, Lamar is solid and, and, and can be very physical. Jaden, who can take a shot, is just uh, built so slight. And I think that's really, you know, the, the biggest worry, although he's been virtually injury-free, just some minor injuries. Uh, and when I say minor, it's minor when it's not you, right? But uh, I think he may have missed one game uh, or part of a game, uh, and and so maybe a couple at the most. But in uh, all the time he ran over a thousand miles, I mean a thousand miles, thousand yards. I think that's uh, you know pretty commendable. But so I, I I really think he could end up going. I, I don't see the Caleb Williams thing whatsoever. I don't. Uh, I, I think just I, I think he's a lot like Penix in that he's he's got great talent. Uh, he can move, but I think his height or lack of, I think his um, wilt under pressure. I, I think he's another Kyler Murray, not as small, obviously, you know, but uh, I think attitude-wise and when the heat's on, I don't think it. I don't. I don't. I think he's. Uh, a Jamarcus Russell in the making as far as a bust. I really do. Uh, but again, that's just, you know, uh, that's just my two cents and it's worth what you paid for it. So, um, 
Nonetheless, so I, I think, you know, those are some real, uh, to me, some, some things that really kind of stand out. A uh, couple of other things that I wanted to uh, kind of examine here tonight uh, in, in relative to the game. Uh, I, I talked about Mason Graham. I talked about Michael Penix. Uh, but that was the, uh, you know, the, the wide receiver Odunze for Washington. And I've much said, and of course, I'm an LSU fan, so I'm biased. And when I talk about Jane Daniels versus Caleb Williams or Drake May uh, or even Michael Penix, I, I think that uh, Jane Daniels is the pick of the draft just because, uh, as far as quarterback, just because of his, uh, his speed and his accuracy uh, and his toughness uh, and, and really his seeing the field. Uh, I just think his demeanor is much – is a much better fit for the NFL than Caleb Williams uh, and Michael Penix. Uh, Michael Penix looked really, really spooked out there tonight. He looked really uh, uh, affected by the pressure, which wasn't – it was constant, and it was – you know, he only was sat one time, but he was hit quite a bit. But, man, can you imagine uh, if he were hit, being hit in the NFL like Bryce Young's been hit this year? Uh, man. Uh, if if he was affected the way he was affected tonight, uh, so uh, but then on to wide receiver, I, you know Marvin Harrison is a great receiver, but I think Malik Neighbors and I think Brian Thomas, the uh, other LSU receiver, and again I'm not saying this just because they're LSU uh, uh, former LSU players. But, you know, Malik Neighbors was the number one statistical receiver in the nation this year. Brian Thomas was the number one uh, in, in touchdowns as a, as a receiver. And Michael Thomas is, as Jordy Collada says, uh, he, he is an alien. He is a freak. He's 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, runs a 4'3", 40, uh, and, you know, is just a flat-out freak of nature. Uh, and great hands, and uh, so I think Malik Neighbors is going to be very much in the role of a uh, OBJ. I think he's going to be, you know, very, very uh, similar to o Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, in being very physical, strong hands, uh, not the biggest guy, but fast as lightning and tough as nails, uh, and uh, just like Jarvis Landry and uh, and uh, OBJ. Uh, I think that Brian Thomas is going to be much like Jordan Jefferson and uh, much like, uh, oh, uh, man, my mind just went blank. Uh, receiver for the Bengals, and my mind is, uh, I'm, it's late in the night and early in the morning, uh, but uh, I'll, uh, I'll remember his name here in a minute, just one of the greatest receivers that LSU's ever had. Uh, but I think Brian Thomas is much in that tall, lanky, uh, physical, but physical uh, receiver uh, that uh, that LSU is so well known for, and is uh, really, really uh, popular in the NFL at this point. So, uh, so those are just some, some initial takes on the game itself. It was it was very, very uh, interesting. Uh, I think the what's next for Michigan is very, very important. I think. Uh, because of all the trouble that's brewing with Harbaugh, uh, and I believe now that he's won a uh, CFB or a college football 
championship. I believe that his next step is definitely to the NFL. And uh, I, you know, so so before I get into Harbaugh, and I want to spend the rest of my time talking about him tonight. Uh, I want to talk about uh, what happens to Michigan. And I'm not a Michigan fan. I, I, I kind of have a little soft spot in my heart for them winning tonight because a former staff member of mine who's who's passed away, an elderly guy, was a huge Big Blue fan, huge Michigan fan. He was from Michigan, uh, worked for me for several years here, was fiercely loyal, uh, great guy, just one of, the, one of the best guys I've ever worked with, so humbling that a guy of his stature and uh, and work ethic and just his, you know, just, just the man he was. Uh, and he was such a Michigan fan and didn't get to see tonight. Uh, but uh, Ron Hatworth, uh, rest in peace, and uh, hope you enjoyed uh, from above that uh, big blue win. I know you, uh, if, if y'all get the games up there, I know... You enjoy that one. Um, but so what happens to Michigan going forward? I think, you know, Michigan really, since 1996, they've been, you know, you had Brady Hoke, you had Rich Rod, uh, you had uh, Lloyd Carr had pretty good success there after uh, Shem Beckler. Uh, and then after Lloyd Carr, man, it was, it was the, you know, the wilderness between Brady Hoke, Rich Rod. <clears throat> there was another one or two guys, seems like, there and just they never could get it right uh and then finally uh they hire uh, jim harbaugh and you know that that didn't work out at first and the reason it didn't work out is harbaugh tried to copy kind of where the nfl was going and where a lot of college football was going and he tried to spread the ball out he tried to you know go fast and go <clears throat> you know uh, more fast break basketball analogy uh, in football, uh, more Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin type, and it just didn't work. Uh, it's, it's the region they're in. It's the kind of athletes that they recruit, uh, the, those guys in the upper Midwest, Michigan. You know, it's it's plowboys. It's, it's corn-fed, big guys, strong. And, and so when he reverted back to that physical type of, uh, of, of offense, Defense, you know, was pretty pretty consistent uh, because you you know you could always get those defensive linemen, big defensive linemen, uh, get fast uh, fast twitch, quick uh, defensive backfield uh, uh, players. Uh, but then when he started really focusing on you know Sharon, he brought Sharon Brown in, the offensive coordinator, and they really started focusing on uh, running the ball, being physical at the point of attack, and uh, and just really, you know, imposing their will on other teams, and they, things started turning. It took, you know, they went to this as their third year to go to the college football playoffs, and uh, won it in year three. So they they've been there three years in a row, and won it in year three. So kudos to them. Now here's where I think it could run off the rails, and they could wander in the wilderness for, you know, another 26 years if they don't get this right. Uh, Sharon Brown, I don't know anything about him. He seemed like a great guy. You know, he stood in for Harbaugh when Harbaugh was out for those um, 20, I'm as far as six games. Uh, so Sharon Brown was the acting head coach. And, uh, you know, they, they did well. Uh, but that's not the whole, that's not having the whole program all year round, 
That's not doing all the things you have to do as a head coach. Uh, that's not hiring and firing. That's not, you know, keeping the team uh, in in the place they need to be, and uh, you know, and 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 on and on. So uh, and focused and, and those things. So we've seen this with so many offensive and defensive coordinators, great offensive coordinators who were not great head coaches, great defensive coordinators who were not great coaches, uh, are great head coaches, and so. You know, it's. Um, I think it's 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 a a huge risk. I would a lot rather see, you know, if I were a Michigan fan, and I'm not, uh, is if if Michigan wants to stay relevant. And I do think college football is much better uh, when Michigan is better. I don't I don't think it's good just for it to be the South or you know, and just the SEC. I think it's good when you have everybody engaged and everybody's you know uh, competitive. Uh, from from different geographical locations, um, so I, I think they've got to be very careful about just automatically uh, picking, you know, um, uh, Sharon Brown because you know he was the offensive coordinator when they won national championship. I think they really have to be careful there. I really think if they want that program to go uh, continue that success, I think they've got to get a guy that is. Uh, the things that a good head coach is, uh, a good head coach, uh, the things that a good co- head makes up a good head coach, uh, and uh, <clears throat> and really, Michigan's not the place to prove yourself to, to be a head coach. They, you know, so I think uh, I don't want to lose him. I don't want to see him go uh, at all. I, I think he's doing phenomenal. But a Brian Kelly, you know, a Nick Saban, who's probably a little long in the tooth, and even probably Brian Kelly's a little long in the tooth at 62. Um, you know, I think a Dabo Sweeney, which probably wouldn't be a good fit in, in Michigan, uh, but, you know, I think somebody really experienced, really accomplished uh, like that would uh, is, is who you need to sustain long-term success, or somebody younger that's had a lot of success early, uh, that could that could really run a program. I think uh, that uh, uh, Drinkwitz uh, could could do well. The present uh, Missouri coach, head coach, uh, Eli Eli Drinkwitz, uh, I think could go to uh, somewhere like Michigan. Uh, you, you have guys that are program guys. They can they can build a complete program, and then you have guys that are good at one side of the ball or one aspect uh, of the game. And I think those are two different those are two different talent levels and abilities. And so uh, so I think that's you know I think that's something that they're going to have to really really uh, look at. So it'll be interesting. Then the other thing is is if an Eli Drinkwitz which would be amazing that if Eli Drinkwitz were to go to, and I'm just using him for example, if he were to go to uh, Michigan, what happens in Missouri? And then what happens uh, whoever would leave where they are now to go to Missouri? You see how the dominoes just start falling. It's amazing. Uh, And so uh, the last thing that I wanted to to talk about is – is Harbaugh because I think this is one of the most fascinating things and kind of to the domino uh, 
uh, issue. I think it creates a lot of dominoes, both in the NFL and in college football, if Jim Harbaugh uh, were to leave Michigan to go to the NFL. And I believe that's going to happen. I believe that's uh, going to happen. Here's the only way I think it may not happen, but I don't. I don't think that's. I don't think that's uh, likely. Is that if you'll notice in the NFL, there is a real trend uh, toward um, uh, a more. Uh, I mean, super young uh, players. If you've noticed, there's a real trend toward the the really really young uh, uh, head coaches. Uh, I think I said players, but I think there is a. Uh, I think there's a real trend toward the, you know, mad scientists. The really talented guys and we've seen that work we've seen it work really well for some teams uh, for the Bengals we've seen it work for the uh, for the Browns we've seen it work for uh, the the Eagles or was working for the Eagles maybe we can talk about that you know at some uh, at some time but uh, the you know I, I think you have that you have that uh, you know idea uh, that that just young and and bright and really sharp uh that that going on in the you know in the uh, NFL and and but then you have somebody like Jim Harbaugh who is so accomplished when he's with the 49ers did such a phenomenal job and uh, and and so uh you know you just wonder what uh Jamar Chase you just don't know me who the uh, former LSU play, uh, wide receiver, and I can't believe I couldn't remember his name. So sorry for that brain freeze there. Uh, so here's the fascinating thing about uh, I think about Jim Harbaugh is you have so far you have the uh, well you have the Chargers, you have the Raiders, uh, you have the Commanders, uh, you have uh, may have the Saints if if they. Uh, let Dennis Allen go, which, you know, a lot of people believe they should, and I'm not necessarily disagree, disagreeing with that. Uh, but you have the Chargers, the Commanders, the Raiders, the Falcons, let Artie Smith go yesterday. So you have a lot of uh, at least four teams, if not more, uh, that uh, could have, you know, even five to seven teams uh, that are looking for uh, a head coach. So here's the fascinating thing with this trend toward younger coaches. Does Harbaugh just kind of get frozen out? Does does Michigan really want to move on from him? Because if they if they cut ties with him, and he does himself and them a favor, and there's you know that's not been a super smooth relationship anyway. You remember when they came to him and asked him uh, because they weren't doing too well had lost three in a row to Ohio State. Now they've won three in a row from Ohio State, but they'd lost three in a row. Uh, they were asking him to take a pay cut so they could revamp the coaching staff because he wanted to revamp the coaching staff. They've done that, and boom, they're national champions. Uh, so now the ball's in his court. They've put, I believe, a an offer on the table for uh, $12 million dollars uh, for him to sign, which would, you know, be a lifetime contract at his age probably. And uh, he's not signed it. 
because he's he's looking at what's going to happen. Most people believe that you know probably uh, the Chargers is the oh, and the other one's probably the the New England Patriots. A lot of people believe that Belichick won't be back there. I saw several things on X this evening about Nick Saban uh, bringing in Bill Belichick to be his defensive coordinator, which would be actually fascinating maybe for a year or two because Kevin Steele, defensive coordinator for the uh, for Bama, uh, just uh, resigned today. But that's probably going to go to, is it Traverius Robinson, the defensive back coach, who I think calls most of the plays for Bama anyway. So anyway, that's that's neither here nor there. So you got the Chargers, you got possibly the Patriots, possibly the Saints. You got for sure the Falcons. Uh, you got for sure the Raiders, which I think they really should hire uh, their interim coach, uh, the Raiders. He's he's done a phenomenal job there, uh, Antonio Pierce. So it'll be fascinating. So here's where I think this can go. It can go two different ways, and both ways are really dramatic. I think one there can be a bidding war for Harbaugh. If if uh, all these owners look and say, look, we don't care about the youth movement toward younger NFL head coaches. We want a proven guy that can win. Well, that's Jim Harbaugh. He won at the 49ers. They went to a they went to a Super Bowl against his brother uh, and lost to the Ravens. Uh, and uh, so he goes to Michigan, wins the national championship after what uh, eight or nine years, something like that. He's been there. And so now, you know, does he want to go back to the NFL? I don't know. I don't know if he does or not. But I think if, you know, uh, the Chargers, I mean, have you been to San Diego? You know, spent much time in San Diego uh, to, uh, you know, of course, they're, they're the L.A. Chargers now. But to live in, you know, Southern California, especially San Diego, which is not nutty like L.A., uh, and be the coach of the L.A. Chargers, play in SoFi Stadium, uh, I can think of worse gigs. And the Spanoses, uh, the owners, are, are known to be uh, very good owners. Uh, so great opportunity there. Uh, also, Art Blank, the owner of the Falcons, that's a good opportunity. I can't see Jim Harbaugh living in, in Atlanta. Uh, I, just, I, I just can't see him being an Atlanta guy, but who knows. Um, so I think I think probably the Chargers, uh, but but so here's the two scenarios: is the Patriots, which would be fascinating for him to go to the Patriots because he's kind of a Harbaugh as a legacy type name. He's following Bill Belichick. That would be pretty fascinating. Uh, he's more hard nosed, so that probably fits him a little better. Uh, he would have the opportunity to draft a uh, what well, I think they draft number two. Uh, or three at the at the lowest, and so he'd have an opportunity to draft a really good quarterback possibly uh, if he doesn't get Michael Penix Jr. Um, and I don't want to be too hard on him. You know, he may end up making a great NFL quarterback. Uh, so could the Raiders? Could the Chargers? Uh, could the um, Patriots? The Falcons? And even if the Saints uh, get rid of Dennis Allen? Could all of those be bidding, and then what would what would they have to pay for Jim Harbaugh if he's got five, you know, or let's say three teams bidding against each other for him? It could get pretty fascinating. Um, and and then the other extreme of that is, 
uh, all these teams look at these younger teams and say, man, the players really relate to the younger guys and really respond to them. And, uh, you know, we want to go with uh, Sean McVay, a, you know, uh, one of those, you know, Dan Campbell type uh, uh, play, uh, coaches. And we want to go younger than Dan Campbell's not as young as a lot of those guys, but he's pretty young. A uh, lot, lot younger than he looks. He's just a big dude, um, and and you know played played a lot of ball, and so he's got a lot of miles on him, but he's certainly not a not an old guy. You know, so do they say no? We just want to go young, and then Harbaugh kind of gets frozen out, but there's somebody's going to take him for sure, or do they all go in for him, and the, the you know the bid just goes through the roof and. You know, hey, it's good to be Jim Harbaugh right now. Uh, if you're, you know, you just won. You went to the Super Bowl, lost to your brother. Uh, you've won a national championship in college. And really, probably, nobody's going to say it, but Michigan really is hoping and praying you move on uh, because if you stay, they're probably going to get dinged pretty good uh, with some, uh, you know, with some penalties and with some, uh, losing scholarships and, and so forth uh, because of your shenanigans. So, uh, you know, it'd be fascinating to see how that shakes out. Uh, and, and I probably enjoy the coaching carousel and the business side of it probably more than actually I should. Uh, but again, uh, that's just my take tonight. I hope you enjoyed it. I want to just spend a little time with you. I apologize. Last week, uh, just had a lot going and didn't make the time, had the time, and just didn't make the time for the podcast. So I apologize. Make sure you share uh, this with somebody else. Let them know about it. Uh, hit me up on X at Donnie Copeland uh, or Red Pill Plus uh, on Twitter, on Facebook, uh, Truth Social, uh, Instagram. I'm on all those uh, social media. Uh, follow us, like uh, what we're doing. And tell somebody about the show. Don't forget we're brought to you by the number one most patriotic car dealership in America. And that is Red River Auto. RedRiverAuto.com. Do yourself, not this show, do yourself a favor and check out Red River Auto before you buy a car. Before you buy from Carvana or you buy from one of these other online car dealerships, deal with true conservatives who will cut you a great deal and tell them Red Pill Plus, Donnie Copeland sent you uh, of the Doc Washburn Podcast Network. And uh, and uh, we would appreciate that so much. Also, I had, all day today, I was kind of just chilled out at the house uh, know the, knowing the game was on tonight. Had some work that I could do from the house. So I just worked from my home office. And I wore, just had on sweats and a hoodie and had on my my pillow slippers, man, no socks, just so, my feet were so warm, so comfortable. When I got up to get a cup of coffee or whatever, man, just so comfortable. Like walking in your bare feet, really. Just phenomenal. Uh, and that is mypillow.com. Don't forget to use the promo code RED. Um, and and uh, so I, I wanted also to mention to you very quickly, uh, we got the... Uh, got the primary, or really it's the caucus, coming up in Iowa on January 15th. So what is that? Uh, seven days, six days. So it's, I, I think it's actually a week from 
uh, Monday. Uh, it's Monday week uh, or Tuesday. I bet it's Tuesday. So it's probably a, a week from today when you actually listen to this. It's going to be fascinating. Uh, I don't think this, if you don't believe this uh, sets the tone for the election, just ask uh, uh, Mike Huckabee. Uh, or Rick Santorum, who both won Iowa and then hardly got to first base uh, in the overall primary. So while Iowa can be a great boost for a candidate, uh, it's definitely not the end-all, be-all. But I believe, I expect Trump to win it. I expect Vivek Ramaswamy to place really well. Also, uh, between now and then, and I believe that's coming up maybe Wednesday night, CNN is holding a debate. And, uh, of course, Trump's not going to be there. And then Vivek uh, has backed out of the, because of how CNN treated him and really lied and pulled his uh, his uh, interview on CNN. They pulled it off of the air while they left Nikki Haley's on, or online, rather. So he pulled out of the debate. And, and kudos to him for doing it. What I would love to see happen is because, see, uh, the same time CNN is doing this two-person debate with Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley, uh, Trump is going to hold a town hall on Fox News, I believe it is. And I would love to see Trump invite Vivek. And Vivek and Trump just dominate while those two, Nikki Haley and DeSantis, are over there, you know, uh, watching paint dry and moth sleep is how boring that's going to be. So it'll be fascinating to see how it goes. I'm predicting Trump won, uh, Vivek uh, finishes number two in Iowa, and then on to New Hampshire. I think Vivek could actually uh, actually compete for uh, for New Hampshire. I think he's going to do very, very well there as well. Uh, so it's going to be fascinating. I love this time of year. I love the coaching changes. I love the politics. It's a good time of the year. Hope you're having a good new year. And uh, God bless you. God bless you and your family. Thank you for being a great supporter of us. Tell somebody about the show. And until next time, we will talk, okay? God bless and bye-bye. You've been listening to the Red Pill Plus Podcast. Sports Plus News done right. We hope you've enjoyed the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. In the meantime, hit us up on Facebook and Twitter at Red Pill Plus and check the website at docwashburn.com slash redpill.